to the midweeks with Pastor Rob. How are you doing? Thank you very much for taking the time to join with me here. I really do appreciate it. Um, last time I was thinking through culture, wanting to think about culture, analyze culture, um, and what I was saying before is that, number one, culture is kind of a hard thing to talk about because in one sense it's everything that people do. And in another sense, there's no such thing as a culture-free zone. So you're always kind of in the midst of it. But when you go to another people group, go to another country, go to another culture, it becomes very obvious where your culture and their culture differ. And so you can kind of see it in action. And the main thing that I was talking about last time is how authority functions to create culture. Or to put it another way, um, each culture, one of the fundamental things that defines it and influences it, the, the trunk that the tree of a certain culture grows out of is their idea of authority. Who has the right to tell me what to do, to tell me how to think? Who, who has the right to influence a people group? And the main thing I was coming across, to uh, trying to express is that as Christians wanting to influence culture, transform culture, we we need to be self-consciously convinced that the Word of God, the Word of the Father, the Word of the Son, the Word of the Holy Spirit is our authority on who God is and how we are to live. And where we hold fast to this scriptural authority, it creates a kind of people And when we become disillusioned with that kind of authority or reject that kind of authority, it creates another kind of people. And so today, I want to look at the idea of trust. And this is very closely linked to authority. So if I seem to be covering the same material again, bear with me. But the concept of trust, cultures work by trust and mistrust. Cultures can kind of be analyzed or defined by who they trust and who they don't trust. And so here is um, a a culture-forming scripture from the book of Proverbs. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways know him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And this is from Proverbs chapter 3, and it's uh, part of the core beginning of the book where it's setting the stage for creating a wise young man or young woman who is going to therefore go out and have a role in life that builds up the culture of Israel as a people. And this is one of the key sayings of the book. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And um, a people who trust in the Lord practically, functionally, truly, spiritually are a unique people compared to people who don't actually trust him, whether they say they do and don't, or whether they just ignore him or not. So I'm just looking at this idea of trust, And we can ask the questions, okay, who do Canadians trust? Who do Canadians not trust? And this is a defining thing. Who do Americans trust? Who do Americans not trust? Who do the Chinese trust? Who do the Chinese not trust? And in any culture, um, who are the institutions or the people groups that are trusted? And who are the people groups and institutions that aren't trusted? This is a way of looking at a culture. And so, for instance, for a long time in the West, and by that I mean like Europe, Britain, and um, uh, and North America, after you know the, the Europeans spread across it, you would have 
different um, relationships of trust. And so two big ones would have been like the government, uh, whether it was probably royalty for quite a long time, or um, the church, two big institutions of trust. And no, everybody realized that there are problems and there are sometimes bad kings and some bad queens. Um, there could be some bad church leaders among some good ones, but the institutions themselves had a lot of trust. And these, these were places and official avenues where they expected um, influence, they recognized authority, and so they gave trust to the church or to the crown. And <clears throat> you can see in the history of the West how an avenue of mistrust came to really influence culture, and that would be during the Reformation where mistrust towards the papacy exploded across much of Europe and Britain uh, as people kind of returned to the scriptures and were criticizing some uh, policies of the popes and all these things. And now all of a sudden, mistrust towards an official institution became a defining feature for many European countries during the Reformation and the time after that. Um, and more recently, um, huge mistrust against you know royalty exploded across the West as well. And so you got the French Revolution where they were killing the aristocracy like crazy with the guillotine, as well as the Russian, uh, the revolution in Russia and where the uh, czars were killed. Um, there were these revolutions throughout Europe where mistrust towards royalty, towards the crown, uh, blew up and became a defining feature of a new culture. There's a cultural revolution through this. Um, the, the crown in Britain survived probably because they'd formed this kind of, um, they called it a constitutional monarchy where there was still a parliament, but there was still a king. Um, nowadays, the, the British monarchy is kind of just like a celebrity family. They don't have a huge amount of official authority. Um, and it's really questionable how much kind of popular trust they have. Uh, people like them as celebrities, but, you know, it's not at all like it used to be. If you find people in Britain who are 80 years old and you ask them to t talk about how it was when Queen Elizabeth was younger, it's been a huge transformation because the culture has changed dramatically. And so now in a Western culture, um, by and large, there is lots of, we're, we're conflicted, um, some people want to trust the government, but there's actually a lot of mistrust towards the government. Um, people, uh, you know, if you're believers, you kind of have some trust towards the church, but there's also mistrust towards the church and kind of just this assumption that there's going to be a lot of uh, superficiality and then every once in a while there's somebody's going to just run off with all the money in the church or bilking and stuff like this. And so um, one of the thing that, things that characterizes the West right now, or North America right now, is is huge conflicts over trust and mistrust. It's just common to mistrust the government. It's just common to mistrust the church. And it's almost impossible to find um, an institution or people that actually garner trust. Even, you know, if there were such a thing as trusting um, Hollywood leaders, you know, right now that's being just totally demolished by all of the hidden uh, abuses that were happening there. And so in this kind of atmosphere where um, institutions no longer command any trust, they might still have some authority, but they don't command trust. Um, what tends to happen is that 
people become very isolated and individualistic and the trust just ends up coming back to yourself. Maybe your family, but yourself. Uh, I, I trust me. I'm, I'm going to think my own thoughts, do my own thing, make my own money, uh, get, what, get what's owed to me, but I, I'm on my own here. And so trust has become very individualistic. And with that, you get a more and more fractured society, culture heading in a lot of different directions. And so this is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how cultural expressions of trust impact things and how cultural expressions of mistrust or distrust really impacts things. And so there's so much distrust. It's very common in our culture in the West to have lots of distrust towards leadership, towards authority, towards uh, people's personal lives, towards the church. It's very, very common, which leads to fracturing and leads to loneliness and leads to people being very isolated and looking for comfort and security and other things besides people. So think about this. And so one more question, how as Christians can we be cultural influencers with trust? I think the main thing we can do is to actually live lives trusting God, actually live lives trusting Jesus and by prayer and grace, um, looking to him to really fill our hearts full of trust, trust during hard times, trust trust in finances, trust when health takes a downturn. It's, it's really impacting and really influential and really infectious to see people actually trusting God. So if something goes wrong, like a, something blows up, instead of just panicking, blaming, and wondering how many billions of dollars it will take to make sure this never happens again, to, to, to stop and actually trust God. And that doesn't mean not doing anything. But prayer first, repentance first, and action as influenced by Scripture and led by the Spirit afterwards, being a person of trust. And that bleeds into little things as well. Trusting God when somebody doesn't like you. Trusting God when you're having a fight. Trusting God when you got ripped off. Trusting God in all these things. This is a culture and a church that actually trusts God first before they go after people when there's a problem is a different kind of church than a church that has not found out how to trust God when there's problems. Um, this is a big deal. And so as a culture like ours kind of fragments and declines, uh, people who know how to live with trust, otherwise known as faith, will stand out more and more. And so if you want to influence culture, whether it's in your family, in your church, in in Canada, practice by God's grace being someone who trusts God. Trust him as he's given us his word. Trust him to be in control of your life. Trust him to be ruling over the events of the world. Trust, 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 and you will be contributing towards the transformation of our culture. May the Lord do it for his glory. Amen.